guy Derek. the first thing you can hear her nails already <laughs> yeah. oh well here you go way to switch it up right yeah some hot some hot toddies in hot toddies yeah, first one ever i uh i'm a fan i like them tis the season tis the season uh yeah uh merry christmas if we in case just in case we don't do another one of these uh before uh, christmas hits merry christmas to all of you listeners, um, you know, like all, I think 15 of you, uh, we appreciate you. <laughs> uh, it's pretty awesome that you continue to listen to us regardless. And um, yeah, it's pretty badass sometimes. Um, what's been going on? It makes me think, though. Sorry to go on a tangent so early. What's up? Why are you doing this? Why are you taking time out of your schedule to sit down and record a podcast, right? Are you doing it because it's the whole idea of, hey, we're doing a podcast, or are you doing it because I think it's a great way for us to have a conversation, to hang out, blow off some steam of, like you saw the chaos when you came into my house tonight. Mm -hmm. So what a better way to have a fire going right now? We're watching duck hunting and having a hot toddy, doing a review of the week. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's uh, an excuse to hang out, an excuse to have a drink, an excuse to, uh, you know, order order a pizza that uh, should be here momentarily, actually. Um, and then, you know, and not only that, I mean, through, you know, the social media page and other, you know, talking to people, you get other people in on the conversation. And it's just, fun. it's fun. It's a good time. Um, and maybe learn a couple things through through some, you know, we start, if we talk ahead of time, like, hey, let's talk about this topic. Um, you know, we, we research a topic and we actually learn more. So it turns into a learning experience. Um, plus, I mean, hell, it gives us an excuse to go do the things that we enjoy more. So. And share their stories of doing those things. Oh, absolutely. Plus, I mean, yeah, storytelling is a great time. Hearing stories is awesome because everybody's got a story. Everybody's got – everybody's experienced some funny moments. Yo, yeah, I need that, that dude. <laughs> We're watching uh, highlights from duck hunting on YouTube, and this guy has a – some it looks like pump, pump action shotgun, but uh, of course – American flag. American flag, baby. That's pretty awesome. Damn. But yeah, so I was just thinking the other day when I was uh, driving for about an hour, and I was like, yeah, I enjoy doing these for several reasons. But another reason is all my friends back home that I don't talk to as often as I should, or not even that, that we don't have time to sit dinner and talk for an hour. So this is a way for them to still stay caught up on my life, apparently, and learn a little bit about what I do and still do for fun. And the crazy thing is, and you know, even though it's only, like I said, we have a very select few people that actually listen to us every time. Um, the crazy thing is that those people actually, it, they want to be a part of the conversation. They want to listen to it. And then I, you know, I have people that message me about it, like their thoughts on a topic or something else. Um, 
it's just fun. It, you know, it's a way of sparking conversation with uh, with everyone. And I do wish we could have more people. And uh, we've had a few say, you should get more guests on. Yeah. I wish we could. Yeah. It's hard with everybody's schedules. Um, sometimes, uh, actually, as a matter of fact, we were going to have Jade on tonight, but unfortunately, he's feeling a little under the weather. So uh, I think he's going to... He, he might be a little bit more of a regular fixture um, on the show here in the future. That'd be that'd be awesome. Um, he might be the uh, the guy that looks up the stuff for us that we were mentioning in previous episodes. And let's talk about him for a second. It was so mind-blowing when we were discussing this around the fire the other night. And his view on him being on the show was, hey, I'm sorry. I felt like the cat had my tongue. I really didn't like contribute. And I had the opposite approach. I told him, I was like, no way, man. I mean, the audio is the audio, whatever. We're, we don't know what we're freaking doing. I've literally rubbed sticks together for a job. I don't know how to work audio. And for those of you that don't know, we're only just recently figuring out that most of these episodes, our mics were facing the wrong direction. Hey, maybe we don't say that. <laughs> like, we, <laughs> what? <laughs> no. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, anyway. Yeah, that happened for like five episodes, apparently. But, uh, I was like, all right, the audio is audio, whatever, man. That was my first time meeting him. And I told him, I actually looked at it from the opposite, that you were very calculated with your response. And it was such value added to the topic. Versus the opposite. I go in guns blazing and mess up nine out of the ten things, you know, and Sure, yeah, like my brain moves faster than my mouth does, and you guys will hear me yell. sometimes. You'll hear my brain doing that, you know, me stuttering, me trying to speak too fast. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll say something if I get excited, and you'll be like, what the hell did he just say? He just said that like he was an auctioneer. That's just, you know. But, yeah, no, he was great. And looking forward to, you know, potentially having him on the show for future for or in the future, putting in his input and also looking up things for us and telling us when we're stupid, and which is probably a lot. I hope that by getting him to sit here with us and become our, <laughs> I don't know, scribe, historian, whatever title, that he is willing to do it. Not that we're just twisting his arm, you know, and hey, look this up. But I mean, how many topics do we talk about where it would be beneficial to just be like, hey, yeah, sure. Versus me or you always going quiet to look it up. But. And not to mention, he's got a bunch of good stories too. Uh huh. Dude, like I've said, I always say his uh, his theme song his his theme song should be that. Uh, I don't know. You probably heard it on like TikTok, like TikTok videos, and where time to do some sketchy shit, dude. Uh, dude, uh, hope I get away with it <laughs> because all, like a lot of the sketchy shit I've done, like on the water or whatever, has been with Jade. So. But it makes for the best stories. Oh, absolutely! It, you know, as long as you survive, it's it's all good. <laughs> but uh, looking forward to uh, duck season coming. So, like you said, we were we're watching uh, some duck hunting videos right now, uh, pumping us up for this weekend. Uh, we're gonna go take a trip, um, or not taking a trip. I, I guess that we're gonna be in the local area, and we're gonna kick off our our duck season. Um, we're kind of getting away from the deer now. Uh, gun season has came and passed, or at least the first one, the rut has came and passed. Um, and uh, it's time to go after things that fly. And 
I'm excited. And watching this, watching these videos are, are, are getting me pumped. I got to get my duck stamp. I don't have my federal one yet. I got to go start calling some post offices because I went to my uh, local one, the one next to my house, and they were out. He said check back tomorrow because he might have more. But did he go on base? No, I, I can check base. I guess. And not I only I, this is weird. I bought mine at Dick's too. You're they sell them now. Federal duck stamp. Yeah, they allow them to sell them now since they're allowed to sell uh, your license. So they sell the state and federal there now. Do they? They do. So there's one stack for you. Yeah, it's a one stop shop now. Oh well, I mean, I always just bought it online these days because yeah. I, a lot of times it depends on the guy you get at Dick's, but whether or not they'll let you use the, get the resident license without yeah. with, without having your hand carried orders. So I just do it online because there's nobody stopping me there. So. Man, watching this, I have so many memories. Oh, sure. Want to hear one of the craziest stories? Hey, that's a sweet freaking shotgun. What's up? So it's... It's January. This is up in Washington State, and we had a phenomenal lake. It was about 45 minutes, almost an hour drive away from uh, where we were living. But uh, a huge lake, and it's so big that it actually took... Um, it was... It got cut in half by the, the different counties. So there's two counties that shared this one lake. And the lake just so happened to be a major flyaway stopover for the West Coast. And not only that, on the one side, we'll call it the western side, it's an actual reserve. So you can't even go over there. And there's an imaginary line in the lake that if you cross and you have a firearm with you, like you are You're done. Federal offense. Oh, it's bad. And to the point, we didn't even know. We tried to launch out there one day, and someone saw us loading the the boat, and they're like, hey, what are you doing? We're like, oh, we're just going to run over to the east side of the lake. And they're like, you can't do that. Like, yeah, we've duck hunted here before. They're like, no, you can't even launch on this side with guns. And I'm like, oh, I guess that's a very valid point because the other boat ramp was so backed up. Anyway, so this is which dead. Is probably, which is probably why it was backed up. Yeah. Well, so this is like coming into almost dead of winter. The lakes are all freezing over. And we had discovered that the middle of the lake is so exposed that it wasn't freezing over, but the rest of the lake was frozen. So we show up and we didn't want to risk our friend's boat. So we rented a boat and trailer from a uh, outdoor wreck. So there's a big group of us. I think there was like six or seven of us. So we all get to the lake and we realize that we can't even launch the boat. We can't because it's frozen, right? It's a frozen lake, but we thought it's not that bad. Maybe it's like an inch, two inches thick. So we'll just chop our way. So our idea was they're going to have two or three of us on the front of the boat. And as the person was driving, we we're just going to take our axes and just chop the ice to almost like, like a cutter would for the Coast Guard. Just chop in. We can get through it to the middle. And so we came up with this great idea. How dumb is that? So <laughs> the individual driving, I won't name names here, was backing. And it was so freaking early. It's like 4.30 in the morning. And uh, the individual was backing the boat and the trailer up. And he didn't see because it was very foggy. The boat went onto the ice. The trailer got stuck and started to go under the ice. And he has a monster freaking diesel truck. And he was like, what's happening? He's getting stuck. So what did he do is he freaking just gave it some juice. And he was really like trying to push. And we're looking. We're all screaming, stop, stop. And he didn't hear us. He freaking bent the aluminum trailer in half because of how hard he was pushing to get the trailer to go. He was hoping under the ice, but he wasn't. He was pushing against the ice, so it bent it. So we look, and these ducks are flying, and he was like, yeah, fuck it. Just leave it, and let's just get out there. So we tried. We stood on the ice, and we're trying to drag this boat over, 
we realized like that's a lot farther than you think. That's a solid like 500 meter walk, pulling a boat on some really sketchy ice. This is dumb. This is how people die. So we're all freaking out. Like, what do we do? And it's we're burning daylight. Like you can see, it's it's about time. So we all get the bright idea to let's just hop in the reeds here. Fuck the trailer. Fuck the boat. Get rid of it. Pull it up. So we just took our axes and ran over to the reeds and just chopped our own opening and just pushed the ice sheets of ice that we were cutting under the ice and just kept pushing them. And we made an opening that was like 30 yards by 20 yards. And we got our bag limb in the first like hour and a half. Nice. And it's like, man, all, and not only did we have to go back and clean all the ducks, they started pulling out like blow torches and trying to soften the aluminum and weld and try to return it without them noticing that the trailer was literally taco, dude. It was bad. The back wheel, the one wheel wasn't on the ground. Oh, well. All right, so I've got a trailer story. You've, uh, you probably saw me post it on the page. Um, a, you know, throwback of, of it. So me and Jade are, uh, we're, we're going duck hunting one morning. I don't think this was Christmas morning. I think this was another time. Um, I think this was earlier in that year. Either earlier or later. I don't know. It wasn't. But um, we're, we're at the uh, blind check-in station. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Delaware has a lottery system for the duck blinds. You have to go to the check-in station. They do a lottery for in, who gets to pick first. So basically, basically, if your number is picked first, you get first pick of all the blinds in the area. Anyway, so Jade, pull, I'm, I'm there first. I'm waiting on Jade. He pulls in with his boat and his trailer. When he pulls into the parking lot, there's a little bit of a dip from the road, and then it's like a gravel lot. It, you know, it goes down the dip, and his fucking trailer tongue snaps in half snaps done right and every and there's a there's like 40 other trucks in this lot there's a lot of people there and that, that just that just witnessed this happen and we're like and he's like and he's obviously he's pissed that this just happened and i'm just like dude that sucks like i don't know like what do we do i'm like and we're like hey you know maybe we can brace it so you know we're we're out we're over by the little creek area and that's a, a pretty uh rural area you know lots of lots of trees and lots of woods and um so jay runs back into the woods and he finds three logs and i had a ratchet strap in my truck and we decided to make a splint basically like like you would for a broken bone out of these three logs and we made a brace and we used the ratchet strap to tie it around. You laughed, Eric, but this shit worked. Not, not only did we brace this trailer, we launched the fucking boat with it. And then, which was like a 10 minute drive down the highway. And then we, you know, probably not the best idea, but that's super sketchy. (laughs) So, and then we, uh, afterwards put the boat back on the trailer, drove it all the way back to his house. And he welded that bitch back. (laughs) <laughs> it worked. That was probably the finest example of just redneck engineering, just ingenuity, just and persistence that I have ever seen. And guess what? We had a good day duck hunting too. <laughs> I mean, I tell everyone there's a reason why we used to teach uh, improvising day one. It's one of the most important things you can do because when stuff like when shit hits the van, what can you pull off to make it work? Right? Imp- improvise, apparently, adapt, overcome. Apparently, uh, some logs on a, a trailer. Hey man, when when you, you're when the motivation is there, you can make you know you can make anything happen. Especially with, especially with Jade, because I mean Jade's a uh, he's a mechanical whiz, man. He's a uh, he's 
there's two people in the world in, in, in that I know that if I ever need if I ever have a mechanical question that they're calling one of them's my dad and the other one's Jade because those two can fix things like nobody else. My dad because he's just old and you know experience experience. Jade, I just he just he he's a whiz at this shit. I don't know how. Um, probably his upbringing back in Tennessee. You know, he's from the woods of Tennessee. He probably de- he's probably done a lot of mechanic shit growing up, and he's a, and now he's a he's an aircraft maintainer. So um, it's, it's in his blood. I'm just gonna YouTube it. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't my quote. I actually think it's like Elon Musk's quote, or what, yeah, maybe. But he said, uh, "There's no excuse to not be proficient at any task on Earth anymore when you have something like YouTube." Like Somebody on YouTube knows how to do it, and there's a video of it. And there's a video, probably a couple, actually. Complete side note: the bottom of this hotty toddy or hot toddy, whatever it's called, is freaking amazing because that's where all the damn honey is. And honey. Then when you mix it with the what was what kind of whiskey is it? No, that was rum. That, that was, was the oh, this was rum. Yeah, the rum from Spain. You got me. Oh, it's the honey rum. So yeah. you put honey in the in the honey rum, and then that is a fireside um, a cinnamon for a tea. The bottom of that is amazing. Yeah, it's like candy yeah it, it is it's 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 a very sweet sweet treat anyway yeah innovation man it uh it or i'm sorry not even innovation adapting and overcoming you know um, improvise in, in, innovation is kind of a semi-dirty word for me right now um but, <laughs> or bad word i should say um but uh yeah um somehow we made it happen and I'll never forget it. I just I couldn't believe it worked. Sorry, I'm messing with my gain right now, and I oh, just want to see. Uh, I'm gonna go back and listen to this, so I want to figure out where does the gain sound best. So I'm gonna do the next like three minutes with like all the way down, so you don't hear yeah. any background noise. Yeah, okay. And I'll do the next three minutes with it up. I just feel like there's so much background noise. Hey, our so I'm doing a live experiment. Yeah, man. They're they're well. Yeah. Okay. Anyway. Um, well, in other news, a little bit on a sadder note, um, for you, if you're a college football fan, you already kind of know, you, you probably already know this news. Um, head coach, Mississippi State Bulldogs, Mike Leach, uh, has unfortunately passed away um, due to heart complications. I believe it was Monday evening. He uh, had a heart attack, which led to some other complications. I think, I believe he had some seizures as well to go with it. And, um, I think it was Tuesday morning. He unfortunately passed away. Uh, th- this man was, he, he was different in every sense of the word. Um, when it came to being a coach, he had one of the most, nice uh, imp- to say improvised. Uh, he was a trailblazer for this kind of offense. You know, he, he, he was the godfather of the, uh, um, draw completely drawn a blank now. Cause I was, um, Pass heavy offense. Uh, I don't know why I'm drawing a blank on that. What it's called right now? Air raid. Air raid offense. My bad. Yeah. So he was godfather of the air raid offense. He is probably uh, next to honestly Urban Meyer. Recently, he he's had the most impact on the innovation of actual how teams actually play the game. Um, but also, when I say he was a different different coach just his personality was different he would he was he was a true character for the sport everybody that had spoke about mike leach did so with a smile and you know because of whatever interview or whatever press conference he just had everybody's like can you believe what he just said that was hilarious this guy he was a true character in itself in itself and um i'm certainly gonna miss him 
he 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 was a, a favorite of mine. I think he's a legend in the sport, if nothing else, for for his uh, great personality. Um, and another thing, he didn't speak in coach speak. When you asked him a question, he answered the question. What, no matter how dumb it was, whether you thought that you know one of his famous uh, sound bites is when uh, they asked which mascots in the Pac-12 would win in a fight. If you haven't heard that, listen to it. It's fantastic. He he does a deep dive into which mascots would win fights. That's it, awesome. It is fantastic. But um, the question I have for you on this, okay? The College Football Hall of Fame for coaches has a minimum win percentage to be eligible. It does. Really? All-time win percentage. Oh, 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 pizza's here. Pizza. And the dogs are letting us know about it. Oh, man. All right, well, I will try and remember where I was at when the pizza comes back. Win percentage. Yeah, win percentage. Um. Man, that would have been a really good time for me to go on my rant on how awesome Mike Leach was when you were off to get the pizza. Keep going, sorry. I'm trying to think of what else to say right now about Mike Leach. <laughs> Bella has things to say about Mike Leach, I guess. We're going to be uh, having dinner with y'all. I guess, uh, you know, we ordered a little spin on the Hawaiian pizza. Yes, we're both pineapple lovers on pizza. Instead of uh, pineapple and, and uh, Canadian bacon or ham, Derek asked tonight, have I ever tried uh, tried it with pepperoni rather than ham? And I said, I had not. So we're trying that different little spin. And don't worry, the review will be coming with it. Um, but that just derived Papa John's. Shout out Papa John's. Yeah, I was going to have you guess. I'll wait until you get back over here. It's fine. Sorry, I'm getting your, your pizza. Sorry. We warned him this was going to happen, though. Right? We did say this was going to happen. If we were, like, live on YouTube and we had, like, a whole bunch of viewers, you know, like, thousands of them, we could have been like, hey, whoever guesses the exact time in which the uh, podcast is going, we can uh, get, like, a prize or something. But we're not that cool. And the pizza is here. Pizza and hot toddies. All right, so. All right, wait for you to get your head, headphones back on, and they're on. Here we go. All right, so, yes, you have to have a minimum win percentage to be eligible for the uh, College Football Hall of Fame. I'll let you see if you can take a guess. What is What do you think is the minimum win percentage? 69%. Sixty nine, nice. No, <clears throat> it is actually sixty percent. Is Damn, your minimum right. win percentage? Do you want to guess what Mike Leach's win percentage is? Sixty. Fifty nine point six. Oh my god! So technically, the man is not eligible for the College Football Hall of Fame. That's sad. Now, here is the question I would like. So the question is, obviously, do you think there should be an exception made for him? Now, and I, I don't really know where I land on it, uh, but here, here are some factors I, I would like you to consider before you answer. One, he is, like I said, he has innovated offenses for college football, uh, probably more the most since Urban Meyer did with his spread offense. 
Okay, he is one of the greatest personalities of the uh, of the sport of football it, it itself. Right, he was he was just a really awesome. He was just great for people to listen to, it, it, and everybody loved him. I never once heard a fan say I can't stand Mike Leach. Right, and then third, he had just gotten to his biggest head coaching gig. So he was at, I believe, he was at Texas Tech. And then he was at Mississippi State. He had just got, or I'm sorry, he was at um, Washington State. And then he made it to Mississippi State, which is argue, arguably his biggest gig in the SEC. So should he be, should they make an exception for the point zero four percent win percentage? I'm going to snap call this and say yes, only because. It's not like he retired. It's not like he stepped away from the game. He had a sudden heart attack and was killed. I mean, if you don't have an, an exception to the rules for every rule, I mean, it should be case by case, you know. And this is a pretty strong case. Obviously, he was a damn good coach. Obviously, he was a great public figure in the sense of representing the sport and what it means to be a coach and a, a public figure. But once again, he was taken from us too soon due to reasons beyond anyone's control. Why wouldn't they throw an exception? Yeah. I mean, like I said, how, you know, one of his differences from the coaches was he never spoke in coach speak. And if any of you, any of you are sports fans, you know what I mean? He, uh, he, he didn't just, he didn't speak in vague, uh, cliches or anything like that. He, um, Gave you his opinion, whether it be on expanding the college football playoff, which he was very for, or whether it be which horror movie monsters are the best and which ones are dumb, which, by the way, he thought zombies were dumb, uh, <laughs> which Halloween candy he thought was best. You know, he just he didn't care. You asked the question. He was answering the question. This takes me to a recent interview I saw with Belichick and someone asked him a dumb question, as always, and like the classic Belichick, he was like, well, you're the reporter. That's your job. Why don't you figure that one out? And so I'm always on the fence about him on the sense of like, I get it. You have this persona of being a staunch prick and to the point where I think you uh, kind of just keep going with that as opposed to like, maybe that's not the best tactful way to approach it. But then the other side of me, I'm thinking, Man, if you have to deal with reporters as often as he does and on the topics that he does and, you know, coach, what can you say was the reason why you lost the game? Like, how many times can you answer that question before you, enough is enough? So it's like, you know, what is my opinion about him? And it's like, do you have to be that way? Because you are a public figure, by the way. But, I mean, you either love him or hate him, right? I don't know. Like I said, it was just a random interview I saw, and I was like, man. Oh, you're right. I don't know. Um... Yeah, so RIP will be missed. It'll be uh, it'll be sad not to hear any more, you know, any any more of his uh, wonderful takes on world events and horror movies and you know anything else. He was he was a great personality, loved by everybody. That is a fan of the sport. And uh, thoughts and prayers are, you know, with his family. Now, let's move on to something a little bit more positive. Not yet. 
No, not yet. Oh, okay. No, not yet. Yeah, we were in a, a truck ride today for about an hour, and I was just flipping through social media, and I saw that he had passed away. And then the very next thing was another person passed away, another celebrity, if you will. And it kind of blew my mind on how many people have passed away this year that are famous people to the point where I Googled it, of course, and how many are there. And there's like 91 now. We're up to 91, quote unquote, celebrities or like influential people that I don't know the level of fame to which, you know, they measure fame off of now. But it's like all the way from like Taylor Hawkins, the uh, drummer for Foo Fighters, all the way to um, Gilbert Godfrey to Coolio. And you just start going down the list and you're like, man, so many famous people have passed away. Coolio's dead? Bro, that happened like three months ago. Hmm, I didn't know. Yep. See, it, the, the the pace at which we get information now is almost scary to where we don't even bat an eye at like, hey, how about we just launched a rocket to the moon? It orbited the moon twice around. It actually went further past the moon than we've ever gone with this type of rocket. It came back to Earth and landed. No one like, yeah, okay, cool. It's like, what? <laughs> That's amazing shit. But yeah, it's just the... the rate of information that we get but anyway so there's a lot of famous people that have passed away and then we started going down the list and then we started talking about like fentanyl and the drug freaking real pandemic that we're epidemic pandemic that we get with the the drug where do you go with that and so we started looking into it and you know how many people especially famous people have died from like fentanyl um no how many well, no, like Prince, Tom Petty, oh. Taylor Hawkins, like all these people. It's like, man, it's so crazy. So just a random tangent we went on today driving down the road. But it's like, what? That's crazy, man. It's like, yeah, and it's just another one. You're right. Coach passed away. And then what's the next hot topic now, you know? So it's just crazy. So it, yeah. in my mind, just take time to appreciate the loved ones around you. Hug them. Tell them Merry Christmas. Yeah, try and enjoy the holidays best you can. You know, some not everybody's. Uh, we understand not everybody is going to be with family this year. Um, and then, especially you know, we know people in the military that uh, that's the case for them. Some some people this is their first time away from home, first time being alone for for that. So you know, uh, I uh, you know challenge you guys if you know somebody that's going to be alone for Christmas, try and spend some time with them. Maybe invite them over for. You know, a meal for either the day of, day after, day before, something like that, just so that way they're not alone, and uh, it'll make their their time a little bit easier on them, and maybe you guys grow closer as as friends or whatever. I wish I had his name. Man, I'm trying to recall it right now, but anyway, I spent a whole holiday season uh, for 2018 and 19 in Africa, and we had this guy. That no one knew him, but just out of the kindness of this guy's freaking heart, someone in Kansas, he would send us care packages to people he's never even met, to a, a position, to a shop that no one knows, the rescue center, you know. And this guy would send us some phenomenal care packages. And it was every freaking Sunday. He would walk in and there's cookies, there's a hard drive with literally a thousand movies downloaded on it. There's puzzles, there's Rubik's cubes, there's candy every week. 
And I'll never forget the Christmas package we got. And he had literally reached out to our director and said, can I please get the individual names of the people that you work with? Just their first names. If you don't mind, I don't need any other stuff. I just want their name. First name, please. And I show up freaking Christmas Day, man. And we look and he had given us stockings and literally filled stockings with just gifts for us. And you're like, I don't know who this guy is, but do I freaking love him? What yeah, a great awesome. human being. Especially during a something like a deployment when, you know, you are away from family and, you know, you're probably not in the best area of the world. And uh, just to get a little taste of home, as it were, you know, it's probably a huge boost for the morale. Yeah. And now you've always remembered that. I just wish I remember his name. Yeah. It's, you know, he spent all that time. <laughs> Yeah. So we're taking a, another turn here. Speaking of family and current events, you ready for a follow up? About five podcasts ago, we talked about the drama on Lake Erie. Dun dun dun. The loot. Uh, for those of you who don't remember, the uh, it was Lake Erie Walleye Tournament, or otherwise known as the loot. Um, I forget the dickhead's name, but uh, there was this team. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? You know. um, this team uh, had cheated in the tournament by stuffing lead weights inside of the walleye. And uh, they were caught at the weigh-in. Basically, they realized uh, these fish are way too heavy for the you know their size. Um, something's, something's weird here. And they cut open a fish and... They got busted, and you know the the weights were wrapped in other other fillets, and just that way they didn't make noise when they banged together, and it just all around super fucked up. So anyway, Derek's got an update for us. What what you got? Where do we start? So number one is they have now been um, all assets were seized. You saw that they uh, I don't know who who does this the FBI or something, but some law enforcement agency came agency came in and took their boat from them. Uh, they are facing criminal charges, felonies now. And before we were alluding to like, well, how can that stick? And it was very scary of like, this might not stick because there was no money exchanged. You can't prove that you can't prove that they did it on any other times. Nope. Only this one. But however, I guess they did find a charge to stick. Right. So the reason why I bring this back up now, all these months later, apparently I decided to reach out to my dad who was a, charter boat captain both commercial and private and you know dad you've done tournaments all those years ago in the 70s and 80s this isn't the first time you've ever heard of cheating right what are some uh, methods that you know of to cheat what do you think they are so think of a marlin tournament right you're out for one fish this one fish and that's a nowadays a million dollar fish some of these Prize money pots are freaking insane, man. So, Dad, how did they cheat in the the well, cowboy days? If I'm thinking, if I'm just tossing out ideas here, I can imagine you could fill them full of water, inject water into them. Absolutely. So you take yeah. needles and literally start just injecting water into the meat. Sure. Literally flood the the body. Yeah, that's yeah. one way. Um, probably shove more meat in it. Yep. Just more meat, more fish meat. Yeah. Make it look like he ate a fish or something. Yeah. Put, like heavier fish in there. Um, 
I don't know, man. I'm not a super creative cheater, I don't feel like. Um, so my dad was telling me that back in the day, windows operated off of weights. So you had these really thin weights that slid down into the sides of your windows. So as I pull the window up, the weights pull them down. Kind of the same thing as an elevator. Sure. Just on the sides of your window. And he said that they used to take those weights and shove them up the fish's ass. Oh, those little bitty ones? But they're not. Think of Marlin tournaments. These are very long but thin weights, but they were heavy. And he said, it's a great way. You just shove them up their ass. And he's like, but people caught on to that. So they started hooking them by the gills, you know, and that's how they would hold the fish up uh, during tournaments. And that's why you see a lot of them, their necks bent over and all those old photos. And gravity took over and those would fall out. He's like, so that was a way. So then they were, well, before that, people would just flood water into their stomach. Because you can't prove you did that. The fish is in the fucking ocean. So he said that's where that used to get them is they would hang them by the tail. And then that's when all the water would dump out. And so people would stuff weights in their ass. And then they're like, oh, let's just flip them the other way. So they flip them the other way. And then the weights would fall out. So they went back to flooding them. It's a mess, dude. It's a mess. You do oil. You do water. What do you do? You just shove anything in a fish. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. I've never thought about doing that. Obviously, I've never been in a tournament where I've had millions of dollars on the line and even considered lowering myself to the standards of cheating like that. Sure. But very interesting. If there is a way, people will find a way to cheat. Yeah, I'm mean, really it, upset right now. Yeah, I don't know. It's just it's that's that whole story frustrates me. It yeah, it's it's just a very frustrating. Yeah, I just hate it. Yeah. Um. So that was one thing I had to I wanted to discuss. Yeah. Um. I don't know. I mean. There's just no. I, I just. I don't see a point in it, right? I mean, you're when you're doing these things, you're saying, you know, when you go to compete, you're saying, I believe I'm the best at this particular thing. Whether so, whether so, if it's marlin fishing, marlin tournament, you you feel like you're the best marlin fisherman there is out there, and you feel like you're going to win that tournament. Um, are you really the best if you have to do other shit? If you had to do these other things, it's just, I mean, you're, you're not the best. You're just, you know, uh, it's unfortunate. I hate that it happened. Um, and I I'd actually, I had actually forgotten about it. And so you just brought it up again. The thing about it though, is like you, you're winning, you're on top of the world. That feeling that, that dopamine hit, do you, it's addictive. Do you not have guilt with it? I mean, I don't know. I like. I, don't I would. I lose sleep over things I say in emails sometimes. It's like, man, I could have worded that differently, you know? Yeah, I, yeah. I'm I totally like an asshole. I feel like an asshole right now, yeah. But for those people that push that feeling down deep, and who cares? Because the the emotion of winning, the feeling of I'm the best. And then also, not to mention the boats and the money. It's very interesting when people say, that we love the drama of watching failure. I mean, look at like Kanye West right now. People love that he's going down because he really came from really nothing and became a billionaire, and now he's fallen, and everybody's good. Take him down. 
To be fair, he did that to himself. Correct. I'm just giving that as an example. Is look at society just turning when four years ago they couldn't get enough of him. It's like the Green but, Goblin in Spider Man. He he predicted that. They'll love you one minute, and cast you out like the. Uh, Eventually, they will. They will hate you. One thing yeah. they love to more than to, than a hero is to see a hero fall, die trying. Despite everything you've done for them, eventually they will hate you. This is actually, I think, the exact quote. Now, to, be fair, we are, to be fair, we are not trying to back up Kanye, Kanye West here. He was just a kind of an example. <laughs> that was literally the first example I could think of, right? And by the way, the Joker said it too. Stop acting like one of them. You're not. In fact, when they're done with you, they'll throw you out like a leper. Movie villains. On that in a second. Sorry, I just want to okay. finish this thought. Sure. But you realize that we come to like this drama of watching those on the highest pedestal fall and fail because there's a pretty large percentage of those people that made it to the top there by cheating. So it's like everyone has skeletons in this case, apparently weights. Somebody had to step on somebody to get to the top. The way to the top is not always a perfectly made staircase. And that's, uh, however, being, like for, being someone that's lived in two different countries, mm-hmm. it's very interesting that here in America, we do promote success, though. We really do. We love watching shows where, um, you know, freaking game shows. We do root for those people. Yeah, win that money. Yeah, win that free car. Alone. We love it. One of our favorite, our, probably one exactly. of our favorite shows. It's a good, good. show. Good. We love the fact that you made it 100 days and you got that million dollars. We love it, right? Living in England, it's not like that at all. All their shows are about like they love the watching the failure. They don't like seeing people succeed. It's very different. It really is. Yeah, I don't know. The American dream, the American mindset. Maybe that's part of it. The American dream. It's pr- it's promoting that. Well, you got to think. We came from humble beginnings of we were nothing as a country. Versus the only thing they've ever known is royals and those with the most money and the most success sit on top. So you can understand, I guess, that mindset. Now, England's a good example of a uh, once on top of the world, now confined to a small island the size of Delaware. Pretty much. <laughs> no, Jersey. it's bigger than that. Bigger yeah, than I think that, they right, say it's but... smaller than Florida. Yeah, it's definitely smaller than Florida. Um, you know, once ruled the entire world. Almost. <laughs> and then crazy everybody kicked their ass out which i've always been mind blown by like you do not have that many people in that small ass country like how in the hell did you like how in the hell did your military take over all these areas boats yeah ships their navy was so good i guess this dog has this damn goose by the fucking wing and it's still the goose is still alive just trying to swim away he's like what the dog doesn't give a shit he's like i got you dude you're mine we just talked like about four different things in a span of thirty seconds. I still don't know if I could shoot a swan, man. A swan? Yeah, they just showed that. I don't know if I could shoot a swan. I don't know. Obviously, I, I, if I had the opportunity and I was doing a swan hunt, my gain is up now to about thirty percent. So, oh, okay, I'm gonna listen to this one and see which one works best. Okay. Anyway, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I could shoot a freaking swan. It'd be loud when it hit the water. How, like, I don't even know anything about it. Like, 
How do you eat swan? Same way as I guess Canadian goose. I, you know, I, I guess yeah. I don't know. I would imagine. Um, it's not too much different. Is it red meat? I have no idea. Is goose red meat? Yeah. So I mean, I would think yeah. In Florida, we. I see it feels so loud in my ears. In Florida, we have those those sandhill cranes, and uh, I'm pretty sure they're still protected in the state of Florida. But yet, you go to somewhere like the Dakotas, and people hunt those. And then you hear someone like Ted Nugent talk about them, and he calls them the ribeye of the sky. He said it's one of the tastiest things you'll ever have. He's like, Mm -hmm. man, nice to grow up watching those things fly all the time and sit out in our backyard and just watch them, you know, pecking at the ground. And I don't know. Where do you draw the line? A duck's okay, but not a swan. I think it all depends on population. But you also lived in England, where like swans are a big thing and everything, and hunting's not that big of a thing over there. Hunting is for the uh, social elite. That's a fact. In England, it's not for everybody like it is over here. So, I did, however, come across some uh, Brits that were hunting once, and we were in a closed training area. And we had just kicked some uh, guys out to go, uh, we'll call it navigate in the woods by themselves. And we turned the corner and we look and there's these three guys walking with a dog and they uh, had some guns. And we're like, wait, Op 4 is not supposed to be here yet. They still have like a half an hour. And they're not even they're supposed to be in here. They're supposed to meet us at the, the main road. So let's go check it out. And we go up to them. Sure enough, it's three Brits hunting pheasants and, uh, they had a dog, and so we approached them, and we were just very, hey, good evening, gentlemen. How are you? And they turn around. Oh, you fucking yanks. We're already, oh, here we go. Like, hey, um, so we noticed um, you guys are kind of in a closed-off training area, and uh, I'm pretty sure you're, you're not supposed to be here right now because we have rights to the range. We put the bid in. It's our day on the range. And they meet, well, you fucking yanks, you think you're going everything, all this shit. I'm like, oh, my God, like we got to de-escalate. Plus, they have guns right now. <laughs> you know, what do I got? Some fist. And so, like, okay, okay. I got um, two guns right here, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I was like, well, okay, hear us out. Um, so we have some individuals who are uh, currently hiding in bushes right now. And uh, they're kind of scared of guys with guns and dogs. And uh, what's funny is you currently have guns and a dog. And I see this going really bad. And they just kind of like looked at us like we're idiots. Like, So what I'm worried about is that, I don't know, so you have a dog that obviously is here to flush stuff out of the bush. And what I'm worried about is my guys aren't probably going to leave when they see a dog. They're going to hunker down. And your dog's going to scare them. And when they jump, you're going to shoot one of our guys. So to avoid you shooting some F-15 pilots right now, I think it's best that uh, can you go ahead and head back to your vehicle and uh, see your way off the range. You fucking yanks. That's all they kept saying. You think you own everything. So, okay, I get it. So we had to call range control, and they showed up in their uh, defenders, you know, the get out. And like, what? And what made the whole situation worse is one of the guys I worked with went over and took a picture of their license plate, took out a cell phone, made it very obvious, went up to their truck that was parked down on the road, and went, hey, look, took a picture of their freaking truck, and they lost their minds. Delete that photo. He literally just gave him the finger and walked into the woods. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well. Nothing like a little uh, friendly conversation with the locals. That's what blew my mind. I was always under the impression that no one can hunt in England, and that was like my first like three weeks of being there, and that happened, and I was like, what the fuck? 
I thought they couldn't have guns. And they're like, well, no, you can. It's only shotguns, and you have to have permits for it, and they actually can come out to your house and do audits on it and all this, and the amount of ammo you can buy, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it's but, very, very, very specific, and it's very expensive and very lengthy process to be able to hunt. And to hunt pheasant. Right. Pheasant in general. I had a friend who he joined a pheasant club, and how they did it in Washington is you, you had to join the club, you had to pay your dues, and then you had to pay per bird. And I think it was like $35 per bird, plus it was a minimum of per hunt, like seven birds, if I remember correctly. So you had to buy seven birds if you want to go hunt, and they just kick them out in this field, and they say, all right, we released seven birds this morning. Good luck. And you get rights to go to their hunting field, and sometimes you get lucky, and you might get eight or nine because someone didn't get their seven or whatever it is. But how crazy is it? Like, I was like, that's what a weird system. Yeah, that's not hunting. That's that. Okay, yeah. So that's not hunting. That's harvesting. That's um, I think a really cheap way to do that. Not financially cheap. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, yeah, um, but, not financially cheap. You know what I mean? Yeah, but um, Washington's not known for their wild pheasants. Well, so the, I mean, okay. Yeah, I mean, uh, it, I, whatever. I, it is a way. I, I mean, I'll, I'll I'll offer this. Delaware is not known for its uh, mountain elk. What? Yeah, what well, weird, right? <laughs> I mean, okay, so if your region does not have that animal, well, then you're not. I mean, because look at, uh, I don't know, it's just a dangerous game to be introducing an area or introducing a species into an area that's not supposed to necessarily be there. Look at the uh, wolves that got introduced into the Rocky Mountains. The wolves that were suppo- that were originally there are extinct. They don't exist anymore. There's no species. Uh, that species of wolf doesn't exist. So the wolf that they introduced was actually a Canadian timber wolf that is much bigger. And it's kind of caused an issue. So good intentions, but, you know, you got to be careful with that sometimes. Because what if that area is probably, I mean, if that area is not used to a certain type of thing, eating a certain type of thing, then that could have consequences. It's just so funny though. Where do you draw the line? So, for you bring up the example of wolves right now, everyone just thinks they're so cute and cuddly. So, save the wolves. It's okay. But if, unless you live there, you don't understand the damage that wolves can do. And that's what's so mind blowing is that you have people making decisions that only go from like a cute and cuddly, no real experience decision start affecting someone someone's livelihood yeah uh you know those ranchers and the people that live in those areas they i guarantee you they have a much different uh take on it than somebody like the fucking kardashians or something who just bought a t-shirt with a wolf's face on it yeah but the difference is one influences three billion people by Showing her ass on Instagram. Not disagreeing with you. You know, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just stating. You know, yeah. Kim Kardashian um, was well spoken on wolves. I support them. When do you think the last time that woman has been anywhere in nature? Other, than, I mean, yeah. She was married to Kanye, and that's wild. Uh, well, I'm sure that was a wild experience. Um, I actually, we just got a, a trail cam picture. I think it was, was it two nights ago. Kanye. I, uh, <laughs> Damn, that's of, of a coyote in the area. Um, just, you know, 
people that don't know anything about coyotes or or wolves are like, you know, oh well, you shouldn't you shouldn't kill them. They're cute and cuddly and furry and like, okay, well, um, you realize these things are attacking people's you know, livestock. They're attacking uh, dogs. You know, and you know one of the things they do is there'll be a pack and they'll put one on the end of the, at, 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 like in this field or clearing or tree line and they'll lure a dog um, into the woods and then the pack attacks the dog and which I, I I don't know we may have talked about I may have given that example before on previous episodes uh-huh. have I because yeah you talked about the pit bull or the the dog that fought off all those those other ones yeah you're right I did so there was kinda, just a story I saw two days ago same thing. It was a giant freaking like Newfoundland, and it apparently had killed like seven or eight uh, coyotes. And they showed it, yeah. it was all chewed up and bit and blood all over it. And you click on, you read the story, and you're like, "Geez, that's crazy." But this, uh, but that, but that's a Newfoundland, and that's a pit bull. Imagine your smaller, like imagine a smaller dog that's not like hyper aggressive. Did I tell you that video of the freaking guy who cornered that cougar on a cliff, and he had two like pointers, and then he had a little like terrier. 15, not even 10 pound dog. And that dog was being the most loud, most aggressive. And finally this cat, this big old Tom had enough of it. And, uh, the small terrier lunged at it and it swatted. And unfortunately both the cat and the dog fell off the cliff and probably both died, but it just swatted at this little 10 pound dog. And it's like, you're a 170 pound cat and you finally had enough of it. Yeah. Um, did you see the one I sent you about the cat up in the tree? The, the video the guy reacted. Yeah, yeah. that was funny I don't, I don't know I laughed I thought you would appreciate it I I love that I started that where I only send you cougar and croc videos but now anytime I see a video of a cougar just because I know you know you're not a fan of them I uh I always have to send you one that's what you need to do right there when you drive you just practice calling drive with your knees no uh, hands on the wheel I would do that, but Megan gets really annoyed. You have a long drive to work. I right? do have a decent 20-minute drive to work. So you get 40 minutes a day of practice and calling, man. But here's the thing. I don't know what it sounds like to, when it's good. I don't I, I don't know what to do. You, I believe you say the word good. Good, 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 good. Go get your duck call. <laughs> I'm not doing it right now. You're not doing it right now? Come on. No, no. Come I, on. It's been a while. What's, what word do you say to do it? I don't say a word. Well, there you go. I didn't need to say a word. I say good for my ducks, and I say hood for my goose. Oh, okay. Which is weird, because, like, I've, I mean, I've heard ducks before, and, like, I, it's like those don't sound like ducks. They sound like a duck maybe that has smoked his entire life, you know, cowboy killers, Marlboro Reds. I think the but, whole idea uh, is it's a, from a distance, you know? Oh, uh, okay. A quote-unquote familiar sound from a distance. So. Freaking people, man. <laughs> Look at him. No hands on the wheel. 80 miles an hour. Earbuds in. Throwing gang signs out the window. <laughs> I don't understand how people can drive with headphones or earbuds in. Like, I don't know, like, hearing my surroundings is, like, I have to hear my surroundings. Is crucial? Yeah. <laughs> like, when I'm driving, like, I don't know, it's kind of important. Like, what if I'm going over in a lane and somebody's in that lane and they honk at me? Like, I kind of need to know that. Now, obviously, you should be checking your mirrors at all times, but, you know, sometimes, you know, shit happens. I had a GTI in high school, and I blocked out the entire back window of speakers. So this stupid little car had two 15-inch subs in it. 
and then I built a wall that had um, two twelves, four sixes, and a horn. And you, I couldn't see out my window. And uh, I remember one time someone's like, "How do you drive?" I'm like, very loud. <laughs> I don't know. Like, yeah, I couldn't see out my back window for years. Hey, have you ever been to that gas station before? Bucky's. Bucky's yeah. Oh yeah, I've been to Bucky's. They must that's be in like, Texas. That's like the world's smallest Bucky's. I passed by one. Uh, oh, I had to go to Florida. That is a small Bucky's. I had to go to Florida last month. Uh, short notice. Oh, there's and a bunch of hunters out there. What are they doing? It's the rally point. <laughs> you need a log, bro. I guess so. Yeah, get a log before uh, <laughs> for a day blind. of duck hunting. Anyway, uh, so I went to Florida, and right after Jacksonville, between like St. Augustine area and Daytona, they have a Bucky's, and I thought it was a Walmart. I was like, oh, they must be building something over there. And I look, I'm like that's why there's this like cult following behind a gas station. Oh yeah, it's, so it's, it's like going a, shopping mall. It is not a gas station. It's an experience. I should have stopped, but I had two girls with me. Um. So I, I, I was I, when I was in Florida. Um. You know, we we stopped at a Bucky's, and I noticed that the gas prices at Bucky's were like significantly cheaper than any other gas station in the area. And I was super curious about that. You want to guess why that, it, like, how they're able to do that? Quantity versus quality, right? Or um, it's the Walmart mindset of I can sell more of it, so for that I can sell it cheaper because I'll make more. So from the research I did. Or merch. There you go. (laughs) So basically they use the gas prices to lure in the customers. And I mean, you're not going to get gas at Bucky's and not going inside of Bucky's. Yeah. A lot of people, especially in certain areas, are not used to a Bucky's. Yeah. Right? So they make up for it by selling, by by their store, by selling everything that they they sell in there. So that's how they make up for it. I saw someone with a onesie, a Bucky onesie. It was a beaver, I guess, or whatever it is. It was a onesie, and I was like, you like a gas station so much that you're wearing a onesie for them? <laughs> hey, hey, you know what? It's a way of life, I guess. It, the Bucky's itself is a way but of also, life. But also, what's cheaper? Mindset. What's cheaper? I was with a guy today who has the biggest diesel truck I think I've ever been in, and he had to fill up. And I was like, damn, it's finally under $5. He goes, bro, I haven't even looked at gas prices in years. I have diesel. It is what it is. And it's like, so what's cheaper, right? Are you going to purposely not go somewhere because it's three cents more? Or do you purposely drive around? Like, I get it for five cents cheaper over here. Like, what's that number? Because five cents over 20 gallons, yippee, you just saved a dollar, you know? So what is that number? What would make you go out of your way to get cheaper gas? Ten cents cheaper? 15 cents cheaper. Ooh, now we're getting somewhere. That's a really good question. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I've never been... Then again, we have never been in this situation to where I had to drive 20 minutes to go find somewhere significantly cheaper. So generally, it's like, oh, okay, well, this place... There's two gas stations next to each other. One place is a cent cheaper. I'll go there, right? So, like, that's a good question. Yeah, but you say 15 cents. What is that? <laughs> what is fifteen cents? I can find that I mean, walking on the ground. There's the argument. Eventually, it ma- eventually it adds up and whatnot. But I have a friend who uh, 
blew my mind. We had a good conversation recently. He finally, after years and years and years, traded in his Jeep Wrangler, and he decided to go all out, and he got himself a freaking diesel um, GMC, what, Denali, I think, the 2500 series. And he blew my mind when he said he sat down and did the calculation on how many times he would have to fill up per miles per gallon diesel versus gas. And when he told me this, I was like, well, he goes, yeah, I did a whole Excel spreadsheet. I did the math on it. I looked at, you know, the average price of gas over the next three to five years versus the amount I'll be driving, blah, 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 right? And do you know what that number is? Where the chart will finally cross over itself, that the diesel is cheaper than the gas? He said 110 fill-ups. After 110 fill-ups, it will have been a cheaper purchase than gas. So roughly two years, roughly two years. Well, that's a great point too. How often are you filling up? Yeah, are you doing it once a week? Or are you doing it twice a week? I'm sure that I'm sure that time varies depending on what's going on in your life at that point in time and where you have to go, how much you have to drive to work. I mean, that's going to vary per person, right? So I put on average if I'm fill, like I fill up maybe once a week, right? So roughly that would be about two years. That's crazy. You fill up once a week. Yeah. Why? How often do you fill up? Bro, <laughs> I live four miles from base. I'm so like probably once every two weeks. I can go about three weeks. Really? Yeah, no, I live. I got a Tacoma. I live 20 minutes away on the highway. I mean, I don't know. We go around a lot. So we go do a lot. Of, we go do things. My truck's two years old and I just hit 20,000 miles. I'm well over 100,000 at this point. I just hit 20,000. I, I think I've put 100,000 miles on my truck since I've owned it. Freaking Lauren made me mad the other day. I didn't realize how much she was driving. She has a brand new freaking Jeep. Literally, like, we were peeling the stuff off of it, you know? Oh, yeah. Real estate agents have to drive drive a lot. She drives. And I'm like, are you kidding me? She bought that Jeep in April, I think. And here we are, December. And she already has uh, 15,000 miles on it. Yeah, they drive. I mean, real estate, <laughs> I mean, they, they're just driving around town. But, I mean, they drive a lot. I can't believe that. I was like, you've put 15,000 miles. We bought it with two. I don't know about fifteen thousand. I mean, shit, that's fifteen thousand is a lot. But she used to work know. up in Smyrna. Oh, uh, okay, that's a little bit more believable then. Yeah, she was driving that every that's day. More understandable, I guess. But still, yeah. That dog just barked and it's sleeping. <laughs> that's how you know. Yeah. Crazy. Man, I can't wait. Pellet. You just saw the pellets yeah. across the water. <laughs> yep. <laughs> there goes the dog. I've thought about this several nights or several days of being in a blind. Imagine being a duck, and you're just flying around doing duck shit, and then you look down, and you're like, oh, look at all my friends down there. I think this is a good place to land, and as you fly in, boom, boom, and it doesn't kill you, right? So, boom, you get clipped. You fall, you're in the water. Now you're in the water, and you're like, oh, man, that hurt. What was that? And all of a sudden, you look up, and it's monster. Something that's five times your size, <laughs> has a tail that's wagging, has these teeth the size of your head, and it's jumping through the water, and you look at it, and this thing comes and just grabs you up, you know, just like that. It's not killing them. It's a soft bite. That bird's still alive. And then takes you out of the it water takes to you, another creature. Another creature, dude, that's on two legs, no fur, no feathers, has grabs you by the neck. Really <laughs> he grabs you by the neck and starts swinging you around like a windmill. Like, brutal. 
Will you shoot a duck on the water? Water spot? Yeah, I'll water spot. Why do you not? I don't. Oh, okay. Well, I'll give it a chance. If it as soon as it takes off, it's mine. Now, I, to be to be fair, I have not been. I don't, I don't know what it is about water spotting. Yeah, I haven't been super successful with it. Yeah. Like you, you would, you would think it's not that hard. Like it's just a duck right there, just point at it, good to go. I some fucking reason gives me issues. I just don't do it. Ducks in the air all day long, easy. Yeah. I don't have issues with it. Ducks yeah. on the water for whatever reason, it's, it's like kryptonite. But um, I don't know. You, you don't. You think it's uh, cheaper? No, I don't know. I just well, feel like good okay, for so, it. It made it down, right? Okay, so like even if it just flew in and landed in your spread. And you just didn't see it in time? Not even. Like, I took a shot, I missed whatever, right? And it successfully landed, and it didn't fly away. Well, first off, that's a dumb duck. He deserves to die anyway. Yeah. No, no, definitely. Once he takes off again, he's mine. But I don't know. What if he's just swimming away, though? Oh, well. Oh, well? Okay. Fair. Okay. I mean, hey. Fly another day, man. I love how well-trained some of these dogs are. Right. Jade is a uh, is definitely a uh, if it flies it dies kind of kind of guy. Like whether or not it's in the water or not, like if it's got wings and yeah. feathers, it's probably dying. There it goes. I thought you were uh, gonna say he definitely is a great retriever, and I was gonna be like, oh, it's like on Joe Dirt. <laughs> now look, boy, he goes and fetches it. <laughs> That's the dog. The duck. <laughs> Hey, if you're going hunting, yeah, I, can't uh, wait. I, 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 I've, I've done that before. I can go with you. I can't wait. I know that's very uh, interesting that he said the other day. He's like, hey, so I might not be able to hunt because of my wrist, but I'll definitely go and like call, and I just want to be out there with you guys. Yeah. Like, Man, what a trooper. He just enjoys it. He likes hanging out. Looking, yeah. he, you know, he likes being out there. Nonetheless, even though you're getting up butt cracker, butt crack early, like 3 in the morning. There you go. That's like another great topic. How committed are you to something to where it causes you physical pain for enjoyment? Dude, okay, so we've talked about this a few times. I feel like um, like you would go freeze your ass off to the point where your feet hurt, and it is raining, and you are cold, and you are wet, and you are miserable. But at the same time, we're sitting here talking to, talking about it like we're in fucking heaven. I mean, I'm literally smiling, right? <laughs> right. And like today, we were walking around scouting – and you know we're in a marsh swamp, and that, and we're, we're just smelling the methane gas coming from the swamps. <clears throat> Smells like complete garbage, right? Or yeah. just straight ass. But at the same time, you love it. You're just like, yes, I'm back. I just here. got confused by your. Uh, you said straight ass butt, but it wasn't the that type of butt. Straight ass butt, comma. Straight ass. <laughs> however, there you go. I was like, what? however, <laughs> ass butt. You love it just because. It's like, yes, I'm back in the shit. Before we started recording, I told you I went surfing yesterday, so I'll just share it with everyone. How much does one person love an event to where they cause physical, like, duress to their body? The waves here yesterday were the first time that we've had decent waves in months. And when I say decent, they were head high. So these are proper six, seven-foot waves rolling in to break to allow for a good five, six-foot wave. And I show up, the air temperature was 34, 35. We had wind that was 12 knots sustained, and the water temperature was 48. 
I was wearing a seven mil, uh, seven five, uh, wetsuit, five mil booties, five mil gloves, a three mil hood, which I hate surfing with a hood. When that cold water, when you duck dive, gets into the hood, it surrounds your ears. And it, for me, it goes into my ears, and that freezing cold water, man, hits my equilibrium, and I get dizzy. It's like I get seasick sitting out in the ocean because freezing cold water is in my ears. Well, it's that, it shocks. It's so shocks bad. You. Yeah. Oh, I hate it. And then I'm more worried about paddling because there's freaking monster sets rolling in. So I'm trying to get out so I don't get crushed on the inside. And you're in an inlet. So there's yeah. an extra added element to that. Yeah. I didn't get near the rocks yesterday, which it's a short inlet here. But it's very dangerous. In fact, did you know this? Indian River is the fifth deadliest inlet on the East Coast. I didn't know it was fifth, but I knew it was not. Uh, it was. I knew for sure it was dangerous. I didn't know it was. The you know, it's a hundred feet deep there. Yes, I did know. That. Well, yeah, in parts of it, yeah. They dredge that out to where it's a hundred feet deep, and we thought. I think we talked about this on here before, but there's a standing wave on the outgoing tide in that inlet. Because every time they build a new bridge, they just demolish it with that bridge crumble down. So it's created a like whitewater rafting inlet type. So when it's sucking out like good full moon, low tide coming, whatever it is. I was talking to the Coast Guard guys last time I was down there. And they're like, we will get a standing four-foot wave out there. And I, the first thing I thought is, I got to go surf it. <laughs> <laughs> just like those uh, wave, like that wave... Uh... Oh, what is that word? Like it's um, you see them on uh, cruises and water parks, not a wave low wave. rider. Yeah, one of those things where it's like a jet and you're just riding like on a board or something. Yeah, I always think of Waimea Bay where they go and dig it out and they'll make a six foot standing wave there at Waimea. Oh yeah, but anyway, so uh, I went out yesterday, and if you're a local here, everyone knows. Sorry, I'm probably spoiling this. That is a low tide spot. Well, I didn't have low tide. Low tide was at like 5 uh, p.m. And I was there at 10.30 to 11. So I had like a solid hour where I was like, I can paddle out and catch a few waves. So I paddle out and I realize I'm the only one out here. It's freezing cold. There's big freaking waves rolling in. And it was very eerie because the water is usually kind of clear there. And it was so murky because of the amount of water moving. And the first thing that always comes into my head is, Sharks. I'm, oh, yeah, I'm sharks, gonna, yeah. I'm going to get eaten. And Sharky, right? But you're Delaware, so you're fine. <laughs> they actually have a picture. Um, someone caught a great white three miles off the coast, and you can see Ocean City in the background. Yeah. And it's like, oh, they're here. They're everywhere. Anyway. I mean, yeah, they, they do come up this far on the Atlantic. Yeah. They do. However. It's always the first thing that comes to my mind. The line, hell, When was the last time anybody in Delaware has been attacked by a shark? Yeah, that won't be the first either, man. <laughs> well, I found myself sitting with my feet on my board, all that shit, dude. And it's like, I had a short board, you know, I'm, I'm out there trying to have some fun. And I caught, like you said, or I guess we were talking, how miserable can an event be? We still have fun. I'm depends cold. On the, depends on the event. Depends on the person. I'm cold. My arms are noodles at this point. It's a solid hour into it. And I look and this freaking wave just comes right off the tip of the jetty and starts peeling. Per, and I'm in perfect position. And I turn, and I'm like, I'm just going. I don't care what's about to happen. So I paddle. I stand up. I'm a, I should have got tossed over. I, I took off too far on the shoulder, and it was already a crumbling wave. But it, like, doubled up. And, man, I freaking shot down the face of this wave. Did a good bottom turn. And I just stood. Just stood up staring at the wave. 
and it's like how cold I am. I can't feel my feet. I'm sh- literally shivering. All that gone. All of it's gone in that one moment of me just standing there. So I had a choice. Straighten out and go to the beach. Paddle back out. So my one hour session turns into about an hour 40. <laughs> I just kept paddling out. I, like, I can't end on this. One more, man. One more. But Oh, well. Last cast. One does not simply go in on last cast. <laughs> <laughs> so true. Well, so we, true. We got to get some of those cameras for our guns. Uh, you, can I show you mine? Do you have one? Watch. I think it's hilarious. I'll tell you why. Here. Oh, uh, okay. Talk to everyone. Uh, okay. Um, <laughs> putting me on the spot here. Oh, my God. Okay. Literally me. You ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Yeah. <laughs> so he's got a GoPro. He's got a GoPro like the square ones. Yeah, but I had to mount it upside down, right? Right. Perfect for like aiming. <laughs> I mean, kinda. You can't even see the bead. You don't need to, man. Yeah, you can. Go up a little higher. We'll see on Saturday when you start missing birds. No. And how long that stays on there. No. <laughs> no. Uh. It's a shotgun. You don't need to see the bead. You point. I, you point. That bead, that bead helps. I feel like that bead helps. I don't know. Says the guy who just said you miss shooting ducks when they're on, on the water. Zinger. <laughs> okay, you know but in the air, I but in the air, I'm fine. It's like I'm almost automatic in the air, but on the water, I don't. I don't know what the fuck it is. Almost automatic. You know, I have that on my gun right now. I didn't even think about it for duck hunt reasons, but uh, first off, how scary is it to think to break into someone's house and all of a sudden you hear a pump action shotgun, right? Oh, sure. And then it's video. It's video. And then I'm gonna be on video saying I'm gonna enjoy this. <laughs> I've waited my whole life, and now it's going to be on camera. To be fair, if you if you are a <laughs> robber that breaks into a house and you hear, I'm going to enjoy this, and then the shotgun rack, you better be hauling <laughs> ass yeah. in the direction in which you came from. Yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm glad it's all on video. <laughs> I'm going to have so much like, fun with like, this. I feel like that would probably complicate your legal situation, too. You broke into the right house. Let me tell you why. <laughs> Clack, clack. And you hear a GoPro. Beep, beep, beep. I've been training for this moment my entire adult life. Oh, my God. You just hear a GoPro. Beep, beep, beep. All right. Recording. I'll let you go first. Damn. Go ahead, bro. First shot. That's funny. Oh, that's so nice. Your your dog is sleeping on my foot. Yeah. She decided to come set up camp. And then the other one is just like. Being a hoe for pets. He'll do that. He does that? He will do that. He likes the old good boy. He'll do anything for food. So I, I, I wanted to make sure I told this story. Um, the other day, Megan is cooking um, dinner for us. And um, she kind of burns her arm on the stove a lot. Like, <clears throat> like on the door of the stove. Uh, you know, not like 
every time, but enough to where it's like a definitely a Megan thing to do. And, um, you know, I was telling her, I'm like, I'm like, Megan, you know, babe, part of the reason, you know, the big reason why you're always burning yourself on the damn stove is because you only, you only like crack the stove open. Like you're not opening the door all the way. She's like, no, no, it's fine. It's fine. I'm like, babe, babe, like just open the thing like another two feet open like two you, you'll be fine all the way down yeah yeah not even all the way down i mean because she only does like not even halfway <laughs> and so what happens like 10 minutes later she's pulling something out of the oven and she burns herself oh my and God. she's pissed not because she burned herself she turns around and looks right at me and glares at me like don't you fucking say a thing <laughs> it's, it wasn't the fact that she just burned herself and caused herself pain it was the fact that i was right that pissed her off the most but to be fair how many times you have to burn yourself before you learn your lesson <laughs> open like, the oven like, like oh shit you know the what? very Maybe. hot metal it's 450 degrees yeah you should probably get away from that Bro. She listens to the show, so she might get mad at me for uh, calling her out like that. But it is what it is. It is what I, it is. I love you, Megan. Stop burning yourself in the oven, please. People are going to start to think I'm doing something to you. Look at that setup these guys have. Yeah, what they, it looks like they flooded the field. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. Speaking of crazy, another random story tangent. I follow this individual, uh, Erica. I forget her last name on instagram and she is super famous for beekeeping she's down in texas and she removes bees and i just found her video one day and then i was like oh this is kind of cool it's very informative and educational to the point where she has these like quizzes like find the queen moving around in this group and it's like a 15 second video and whatnot and she has videos of her like removing bees from people's sheds and stuff and i follow her and i've been following her for probably a year and a half now and she was just on Joe Rogan. And you want to blow your mind for two and a half, three hours about bees? So crazy, dude. Insane. And I'm not done with it yet, but they covered every topic I wanted to know about. And so, uh, oh, dude, that sucks. You better not shoot my decoys. <laughs> but uh, she was talking about how she got famous. That she literally just made a video. Got a TikTok and went, I don't think I'm going to do this. And her husband said, why not? She got 24 million views in 24 hours. She broke a record all from bees. She got 156 million views in like three days from a bee video. Crazy. How amazing is that? All by pushing a button. All by just taking a video and hitting send. But of bees, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Still, I mean. It's cool stuff. Yeah, it is cool. Um, I was going to come. I, I had something for that, but I completely, I completely lost. Oh, you uh, learned me on something today about, I guess, kind of bees. Honey, two-year-olds or two and below cannot have honey, apparently. I did not know this. Fact. So why was that again? There's so many allergens that are unknown to two-year-olds. Okay. So there is a list of items that is highly recommended to stay away from until they're roughly older than two. And top of that list is honey. What are some other ones? 
We should look it up, and I should know this because I have kids, but uh, I know, I think Egg is on there, Peanuts. And how old is the youngest one? She'll be three next month. Oh, so she's over two. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah, she started eating everything, and now she's yeah. starting to get really picky like Big Sister. But oh uh, Peanuts is on there. They can't have Peanuts until they're after two. Um, just the typical allergy stuff. Sure. But it's just crazy because you're like, well, that's like the staple of diets, peanut butter and jelly for kids, right? But you yeah. know, you're not supposed to feed peanut butter to a kid that's under two. Interesting. But, okay, now will, will that help them? Will that cause them to develop that allergy allergy for like the rest of, the, of their lives? Or is I think it's like quite that? the opposite because our youngest one, she was allergic to everything upon being born. She, we gave her egg one day. We made scrambled eggs, and she had eggs and milk, and she had projectile vomiting for like two days. Yikes! We freaked out. We ended up having to get EpiPens. We didn't give her any milk or egg for years of her life. It wasn't until we moved back to America. We're here in Delaware. We have to go see a specialist up like an hour and a half north. And they had to do the allergy test. And they didn't even test her for milk. They're like, well, milk's technically like a fat. And it's really the lactate. So just give her lactate-free milk and she'll be okay. And so we did. And then they're like, put the, the protein in egg, which tests for that. So they have to like stab her in her back a bunch with all these different things to see what she's allergic to. And she had a minimum allergy to egg. So it's like, oh, you can break this here. Do small dosages of eggs. So we started doing like pancakes with an egg in them, you know, and then where do we go from there? All right, let's do like a small bite of like a boiled egg. And we always had an EpiPen on standby thinking about that to stab my daughter. I want to try Epi. What? Yeah, there's that. There, the saying is Epi gives you that feeling of like an adrenaline pump, right? And so I was like, I want to take Epi once and like work out, just stab myself with some Epi. But then our uh, IDMT was like, it's actually the opposite. You know, the feeling of like you're about to fall off a cliff. <gasps> oh my God. It's that type of adrenaline pump. Uh, so it's a fear based. Okay. And I was like, what? He goes, yeah, it's terrible. We had a guy who uh, monkey gripped it wrong and put his thumb on it, shot him through his thumb. Yikes. And he was laying on the ground. His heart rate jacked up. Like it almost killed him. I was like, I'm going to try it. I mean, you still want to try it. Okay. Just stick me with some Epi. My goodness. You also shared another little tidbit with me today about uh, spicy no, <laughs> no, you're not gonna. You're, I'm not going there. I want to fact check that one first before I just start talking out of my ass. Well, fact check, uh, <laughs> pun intended. Hey yo, fact check it right, right now. Do it because, like, I feel like this needs to be out there for everybody. And if you don't say it, I will. So, uh, what do I? How do I even say this? Is your <laughs> if we only had uh, fifteen listeners, we're about to be down to three. <laughs> I don't know. This might boost it. I mean, people like weird shit, man. Yes, the very. Well, oh, I don't know. I mean, <laughs> Reddit, Twitter, Quora, Facebook, YouTube, Wikipedia. So there's all these sources that are saying yes. So what do we call <laughs> What do we call is true, right? All right. We were talking about spicy foods. Are you recording this? Yes, I am. <laughs> no, dude. You're not going to get me gonna, on no fucking TikTok talking about, about this. Be, this is about to be a video. No. I don't okay. know if I want this in a video. All right, fine. I'm not recording. Well, I mean, whatever, because it's on a podcast, right?
apparently, according to the internet, your tissue that is on your lips, let me go back so I know the exact name of it. The type of skin on your lips is called mucosa. Mucosa, M-U-C-O-S-A, mucosa, anyway. The same skin that can be found around your anus. <laughs> we got to talking about spicy foods and about how... Uh, have you ever noticed or has it happened to you where spicy foods on your lips burn and then you said you can't do spicy food because it's not so much the, the you eating the spicy food that upsets you, but it's the uh, day after. Yeah, sure. You're the one that said that, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Just right, make right, sure I'm right, not right, making yeah. this up. Completely accurate. And I said, well, a fun fact that you know why, because not only is it that the spicy Whatever you're eating burns your lips, but your lips and your anus have the same tissue. So uh, the feeling and sensation you get from it burning your lips is the exact same feeling and sensation you get in your anus when you're uh, getting rid of or uh, excreting, if you will, or defecating your spicy food. So we died laughing and said, we should talk about this. I can't believe we're talking about this right now. The more you That's know. That's true. The more you know. The more you know. That is definitely getting posted. Yeah. Love that, but but yeah, I was uh, oh, my mind was blown on that one. I used to be a useless fact encyclopedia. I used to just you know stupid information. My in law actually got me a book one time, uh, one of those toilet books. When you're sitting on the toilet, you can just read fact after fact after fact, right? And then I realized one day. I don't need to memorize this stuff if there's just a book of it. <laughs> but I got some good ones. I, I like uh, my parents used to have in the uh, basement. They used to have a book because the basement, like there was a pool table and um, it was kind of like a sports area. Uh, that that bathroom down there had a uh, football quote book. It was like all the like all the funny quotes of uh, football coaches and. Things like that, and one of, the, one of my favorites of all time was former Buccaneers coach, and he was asked, you know, after a game, you know, what do you, uh, how do you feel about your uh, team's execution? And he says, oh, I'm in favor of it. <laughs> I just I saw forget, one. I forgot the coach's name, but Tony Dungy. There he is. Yeah, uh, I just saw him the other day. It was a hockey team. I forgot who it was, and they're like, coach, going in uh, after the first. Uh, what do you think? And he was, we suck. And he turned around, and walked off. <laughs> it's like, I mean. <laughs> I guess when you're down already two in the first, you know. Yeah, like there was one time we were watching it. We were watching the game, and like, uh, coach, you know, you you were uh, it's a tie game. You guys have only, you know, it's like ten ten. You know, what do you guys need to? Uh, uh, what do you guys need to do better to win the game? He goes, score, <laughs> like, <laughs> put points on the board. It's not so much the answer as it is the question being asked. So that's why we literally have something called questioning techniques. Can you formulate and communicate a good question? So I hate when the people there's no such thing as dumb questions. Sometimes there is. Sometimes there are. There are dumb questions. There are some dumb questions. I, I do believe that. Oh, well. Speaking of which, if you have questions, send them my way. We should do another one. Questions. 
all the dumb ones. The dumber the question, the better, because it'll be funny and give us a laugh. And who knows, maybe it'll give somebody else a laugh for us to talk about on here. You know what? We need to do another round of questions next before next episode. We need to go on, put on the page, and just be like, hit us up with your questions again, and we'll pick our favorite ones. And because those are fun, and I think, and I think the, uh, I think they like them too. <laughs> I already had one. Oh, you got one? What's up? Someone said, so are you ever going to drink again? Because <laughs> after my... Uh, we just had hotties hotties, so the answer yeah. is yes. After my Christmas party on Friday, I said, I'm never drinking again. Oh, yeah. the When we were supposed to have the, the, supposed to have the uh, after party here. Bro. And you didn't even know I was here. You had to drive past my truck to get in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Have you seen those pictures? I don't want to see those pictures. Oh my god, man! I don't want to see him. No, you got this. Is hilarious. I don't want to see you naked. <laughs> you won't see those. Oh, uh, okay, cool. Or this do I, or do I? My boss's wife delivered some uh, a Santa costume and a Mrs. Claus costume, and uh, it's a Lawrence Jeep. And she opened the back and went, "You have to get a picture." So there's that one. There's that one. <laughs> uh, yeah, I won't show you those. There's us the next morning. Oh, you're cuddling on the couch. Yeah. That's great. Well, Lauren had to clean the couch because he puked all over it. Yes, he did. <laughs> well, how was his head the next morning because he <laughs> fell on the pavement? Yeah. Me. Okay, yeah, now we're getting into a realm of things I don't want to see. Well. So you understand what I say? Yeah. Oh, I, I, I didn't. I never doubted any of your stories about that night. <laughs> Fully believed them. Good times. Great times. Well, were they? Oh, actually, uh, I have one more thing to share. And then we can. Am I a bully? Like legitimately asking? Yeah. I don't, I don't see you as one. I had a individual come to me about two weeks ago, and he was like, man, I got to do this fun job, right? I got to get out of my job. I want to get a beret. I want to I do some fun stuff, whatever, right? So I told him, hey, first off, mm-hmm. you need to pass a workout. You know, you have to pass the IFT. Come do a couple workouts with me. And then while I'm at it, I'm like, hey, you should come do jiu-jitsu. Uh, I think you told me about this. Then bloody nose? Yep, that one. Oh, all right. No, I mean, so go, go ahead and yeah. tell the quick story. So anyway. Yeah, so this guy came back for some jujitsu, and I told him rule number one here is we're here to have fun, we're here to learn. So tap, be humble, be humbled. How about that? You know, everyone taps. Trust me. If not, then it's bad. So tap, 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 tap. Yeah, and like also like protect yourself, protect protect each other. Weird, right? And so I had this guy who has never done any type of jujitsu training before. I had a, I had his back, so I had rear mount. And I was trying to do a rear naked choke, but he did the right thing by tucking his chin. However, I had managed to get my thumb and kind of like my wrist under his chin just a little bit. And I realized I couldn't freaking do it. I'm wasting my time and effort. And I, I rode him for a while. I let him just tire himself out. So finally, I was like, all right, I got enough of this guy. I want to get off his back and let's do some other things. I want him to attack me, but I'm just going to show him. So I, uh, I told him, hey, this is about to get really bad. Tap when, uh, when you feel it. 
And then he like started fighting, grabbing my arm, trying to thrash me around. So I opened my gi and I took my lapel and I grabbed it. And as I pulled my hand out, since my hand couldn't fit under his, his chin, I managed to get my lapel under his chin. This is the, the puppies fighting. <laughs> so I got my lapel under his chin. So I went ahead and started sinking in a solid choke and to the point I had my hand literally on the back of his head. And I was like telling him, coaching him, hey, this is going to get worse. Go ahead and tap. And he wouldn't. And he just kept thrashing around. And so finally I was like, all right, I'm really going to set it in now. So I was doing this kind of like lapel choke mixed with like, I don't know what you'd call it. I had a body triangle on him too. So anyway, he wouldn't tap. And so finally I'm telling him, tap, man. You, this is a whole tap. And I kept telling him. And finally he just went limp and tapped. And I was like, dang, dude. Like, really? You like you thought you were getting out of it? And when I cleared my hands away, I had blood all over both of my hands. Yeah. And I was like, what the fuck? And so he turned around. And his whole face was bloody. And I was like, holy shit, dude. And he was like, yeah. No, this happens from time to time. I was like, what do you mean? And he's like, yeah, I mean, I get bloody noses. It's not that big a deal. Like, bro, you're bleeding all over the mat. You're bleeding all over yourself. I have your blood all over me. It's kind of a big deal. Like, in the sense of that's not what we're about here. And I'm telling you, be humble. Yeah, like, and then uh, uh, not you, even in not even in your specific situation. Part of the the part of the agreement when we're doing these things is, listen, we can't get hurt. Don't try and hurt each other. Don't let yourself get hurt. Okay, if somebody's got you, they got you. Yeah, it's not like we're not. There's no match. There's, even when I talked to Lauren about it, she's like, you are a bully. And I was like, why? She goes, well, why do you even keep it that long? I'm like, I'm proving a point because I'm the type of person I will never give something. I would just never. She's always like, hey, let Bailey beat you in tic-tac-toe. I will never let my daughter just beat me. <laughs> okay. I, I think I told you this when Lauren tried to get me in a foot race the other day. Oh, well, there's a difference between your wife and your daughter. No, fuck that. No, we were coming out of Home Depot and I had like a bag of like concrete in one arm and then like a bag in the other. And she didn't have anything in her hands. We walked out. She was racing to the car. And she took off. And I went, oh, fuck no. So I took off on Lauren holding these things. I'm high kneeing, getting to the freaking truck, dude. I tapped the truck before. Her, and she was like, not fair. I was like, I will never. I'm so competitive. I will never just give you something. Same Bailey. I'm not going to just let you in tic-tac-toe. Well, Megan and I will play Connect Four sometimes. And it pisses her off all the time. Good. <laughs> Good. That's how you learn, right? So when she said that, she's like, you're such a bully. And I was like, I'm never, I get it was his first time. I'm never just going to give someone something. You got to earn that shit. That's a different situation, right? You're, you're both practicing. He, I mean, and especially if he is new, he's going to get his ass kicked a few times when you're new to something, especially like that, you're going to get fucked up there. It's inevitable. And that's, and that is just part of the process of learning. And it's not like I'm a jujitsu professor. I don't have my own gym. It's not what I'm, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'm there to teach and to learn myself. But the difference being is like I was telling him, tap. And I get it. I could have done the honorable thing and just switch positions or whatever, right? But I was proving a point. And then uh, it was weird. He was like, oh, I get him. I get him off. I get like a bloody nose like once a week. I was like, yeah, maybe you don't tell the flight doc that. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, when you're about to go try and do your uh, extra special duties. Yeah, anyway. 
So that's something that happened this week. Dang. What is that? Is that sirloins? But nice. look how big they are. <laughs> Massive steaks. Yeah. Anyway. Beefy. Beefy. It's been an hour 35. Yeah, I say uh, we talked about a good amount today. Yeah. And, uh, you know, maybe do another uh, episode next week. Try and get some questions in from uh, some people, and we'll see how this goes. Other than that, nice catching up. Nice uh, nice all around. I'm going to go get some more pizza, I think, after this. And I'm going to go start getting my duck hunting stuff together. Facts. <laughs> Guy, it's been fun. It's been a great time. Look for the video. Hell yeah. Until next time. See ya.